No, it's so, it's so good to be with you guys. Those that don't know me, this is my wife. My name is Levi. This is my wife, Jane, that was singing with me. Not Brad, Jane, <laughs> right there. Um, yeah, it's, it's good to be with you all. Hello, uh, online people. Um, yeah, my name is Levi. Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm originally from England. I kind of have a California accent. I don't know why. Um, I moved to Mexico when I was eight years old. Uh, I grew up there most of my like childhood uh, up until I was about 19. I moved back to England to study theology at a Christian school there. Um, and uh, then I ended up meeting my wife there. Uh, that was awesome. Good choice. Uh, and then I... Um, yeah, and then, then we ended up serving in ministry together, kind of right, right from the get-go. I was leading a youth group at the church. Uh, we were leading worship together, kind of traveling, doing music stuff, uh, up, until, uh, up until now. But um, in 2020, we ended up coming here to the States. Uh, we, were, we lived here in California for about two years, and then we moved back to the UK to kind of get some rest uh, kind of restoration. It was kind of a crazy two years. Zach knows. Um, uh, he was with us through it all, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so not, right now we are currently missionaries in the UK. We're serving at our church, worship. Uh, there's a coffee shop there. We, we're leading like a coffee shop ministry, uh, serving at the Bible college that, is, that I attended when I was 19, or 18, 19. Uh, and then also kind of teaching in youth and doing whatever the Lord wants us to do uh, at the Calvary Church in the UK. Uh, and before I start, uh, I just want to let you guys know, Collective Church like means so much to me and Jane. We, we kind of, we came here, like I said, in 2020. We came for a month, two month trip for me to get treatment for Lyme disease. And then we ended up getting stuck, COVID. And we didn't really have any family, friends around. Uh, we met Zach on the beach doing an outreach with a friend of ours. And uh, then started coming to Collective and leading worship. And just the family that received us here was just such a blessing. James was there. Christian, Zeke, Garrett, all you guys. Um, but yeah, it, you guys are such a blessing to us. And so, yeah, I just want to let, let you know, know thank you so much for that. Like, we love you guys so much. And as I was praying about what I should share with you, I was reminded of a story that I taught on a few years ago, and it kind of came back. Um, it's a story in the book of Judges. Um, those that don't know, the book of Judges, it kind of recounts the history of the Israelites from uh, when they moved to the land of Canaan, so right after the book of Joshua, uh, and then all the way through till the birth of Samuel. Uh, it covers that. And the judges were essentially their rulers in Israel before they had kings. Um, and so, yeah, let's, let's open our Bibles to Judges chapter 3. And I'm going to pray uh, before we dive into the text. Father God, we thank you so much for uh, this evening. We thank you so much that you love us and that you care about us and that you... Um, that we are your children. Uh, we thank you that you receive us into your family, Lord, that you have adopted us and you delight in using us and you delight in spending time with us. And I just pray that as I share, Lord, that I would be speaking your words and not my own. Um, 
because I'm not much without you. <laughs> and so, yeah, we just, we praise you, and we worship you, and um, yeah, let's dive into the text. So, I'm just going to read from one verse. It's a simple story. You may have heard it. You may have heard teachings on it. Um, it's Judges chapter 3, verse 31. Uh, yeah, cool. Verse 31. So it says, After Ehud, Shamgar, son of Anath, rescued Israel, he once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. That's it. That's the story. Amen. Amen. Um, there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the story. It's very simple, <laughs> kind of brutal, this guy. Uh, what's an ox code? Who knows? Um, yeah, cool. God bless you guys. No. <laughs> no, yeah, Shamgar. Shamgar, that's all we know. There's a guy called Shamgar. I'm assuming he's a judge since he's in the book of Judges. It doesn't specifically say that. Some, some translation says he is. I'm going to say he is. Because um, it says after he had Shamgar, the son of a, rescued Israel. So it kind of mentions that he may be a judge. But he seems like a pretty cool guy. He's a beast. He killed 600 Philistines with something called an ox code. So I looked that up. I'm like, what's an ox code? Has anyone ever looked that up or known, read this? Yeah, James. Of course, James. <laughs> uh, an ox code was an eight-foot-long stick. Uh, it was about, they say it was eight-foot-long six inches around at the big end of it, and then it kind of went all the way to a point. And they would use this tool to poke the ox to kind of get them to move. And then I guess they would use the other side of it for some kind of uh, gardening or farming, cleaning or whatever. Uh, kind of like a massive broom, basically. So it was a farmer's tool. So he used a farmer's tool to kill 600 Philistines pretty insane. Um, and you're probably asking, okay, why are we looking at that? Because I think there's a story, there's, or there's, there's a lesson to be learned in Shamgar's life, in what he did there, rescuing the Israelites and killing these guys with what he had in front of him. And so the first point that I want to share with you is that God can use what he has placed in front of you to do mighty things. And that is what happened with Shamgar. Um, I feel like so often we can get tied up in thinking we need it all put together in order to do something for the Lord. Um, but God can use what's right in front of you. He can use the moments that are right in front of you. He can use the things that are right in front of you for his glory in the same way that he used Shamgar's farmer's tool to deliver his people. So we must look at what are those things in our life <clears throat> that we can use to glorify the Lord. It may not look perfect. It may not look exactly the way you would want it. Just like Collective Church started, we started in a parking lot or on the beach and then in a parking lot. And, and it wasn't ideal. Like there was cars going by all the time, but the Lord was moving and the Lord continues to move. And so I feel like in this day and age, when we have Instagram, when we have social media, we see things that are so perfect all the time. I bet even on Collective Church's Instagram back then, it was like, whoa, that's so cool. Like, I want to be a part of that. But they didn't realize we were sitting in the car park, like cars are going by. And, 
And sometimes you don't see the whole picture. We reread this story and we're like, oh, cool, he killed all those people with this cool thing called an ox goat. It was just a farmer's tool. He was simply using the things that God placed in front of him to save his people. And we can do the same thing in order to, to serve the Lord and to um, give back to God. And so, yeah, what, what has God placed in front of you? Maybe... To give you guys an idea, maybe for me it's a guitar, or for you it's your voice, or maybe it's your heart for others, maybe it's um, resources, maybe it's the fact that you're someone that can encourage. Think about those things. Think about what, what is that thing, or what can I do right now in order to glorify the Lord? What can I use? And I encourage you guys to pray for that. Um, maybe it's just asking someone to pray for them. Um, that's something simple that the Lord can use. It's, it's a simple prayer. It's just you going and you're not actually doing anything. You're just asking God. You're just talking with, with the Lord. The other day I was at, me and Jane were at a pastors and leaders conference. And uh, it was the end of the conference. We were, a lot of the people from the conference were staying in a hotel. And I was uh, about 6.30 one morning, super jet lagged. I just wake up and I'm like ready to go. Like, hey, what I lay there for about an hour and I'm just like, I just gotta get up. So I get up. I walk down to the lobby and I'm reading my Bible and a man comes up to me. He's like, hey man, what's up? And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And I'm, I'm reading a new Bible that they gave me. And, uh, and it was like this nice leather Bible. I'm like, oh, this is sweet. Um, and so I'm, I don't know why I said that. Uh, but I, I, uh, I'm just sat there reading my Bible and this guy comes to shake my hand. I'm like, oh, Californians are really nice. That would not happen in England. Um, they're a bit more reserved. Uh, and so, yeah, the man comes up, shakes my hand, leaves. I'm like, okay, that was really random. Get back to reading. I'm, I'm studying, I'm reading through Judges, and I'm like, okay, what can I share at Collective? And then the man comes back to me with, with a lady, and they're like, hey, how are you doing today? And I'm like, I'm doing good. How are you? And they're like, oh, wait, are you not Jesse from uh, New Jersey? I'm like, no, my name's Levi. <laughs> and I was like, okay. They're like, oh, you're not the guy from the conference, are you? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to a conference. Like, they're like, Christian conference? I'm like, yeah. They're like, huh, you look like Jesse. I'm like, no, I'm Levi. And uh, they're like, well, Jesse came up to us yesterday and prayed for us. He said, oh, hey, guys, can I pray for you? And he prayed for us, and we were really imp impacted by that. Um, and so then they asked me, like, where I was from. I told them I'm a, missionary in, I'm a missionary in England. I grew up in Mexico. And they were like, wow, that's really cool. We've never, like, met anyone that does that kind of thing. Uh, we both kind of, like, they both kind of believed in God. They, they just met each other at the hotel, but they didn't really read their Bibles, have a walk with the Lord. Um, and so they just kept asking me all of these questions. And so I'm sat there. I, I, like, this is crazy. How did this happen? Uh, and then the guy goes, grabs the Bible out of my hand and starts reading it out loud. And I'm like, oh no, I'm reading through the book of Judges right now. Like he's like, I won't move your place. I'll just read from there. And I'm like, oh no, what is, what's going to happen? And he starts reading it out loud while this lady, uh, Genevieve was her name, uh, starts telling me about this injury that he, she had in her foot and that she lost her work. And then she had a brain hemorrhage and all of these just different health things that started happening to her. And she ended up getting evicted and having to live in the hotel. Um, and it was just crazy to just have this conversation with this lady while this guy is reading the Bible out loud in the middle of a lobby. And I'm just like, Lord, how did I get here? I, I was just reading my Bible. <laughs> and, and, then, 
and then the guy's like looking at me and said, wait, you're, you have an injury? And he like looks at me and I was like, should we pray for her? And he's like, yeah, let's pray for her. And he's like, how do we do it? And, he, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, so he like reaches out, we're holding hands, I'm praying, we're praying for this lady's foot. And then she asks him, okay, what, what were you reading? And he was like, I don't know, I was reading the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, Deut- Deuteronomy, and I'm like, oh, okay, the Lord changed the page there. I'm like, perfect. He's like, I'm looking at what, uh, reading about obedience and walking in obedience with the Lord. And I'm just blown away there. I ended up having this conversation with them and, and sharing the gospel. It was just such a cool experience. But what I'm trying to say is, back, getting back to the point, is that the simple act of faith, the simple act of faith that Jesse from New Jersey, don't know who he is, but Jesse from New Jersey went up to them and said, can I pray for you? That's a simple little thing that had a ripple effect of then me having that conversation with them the next day. Who knows where, where they are now? And who knows? Uh, I ended up giving that girl the Bible and praise the Lord, Jane gave me hers too. So come on, Jane. Uh, I was really excited. And I was like, no, as soon as they gave me the Bible, I was like, I know I'm going to have to give this away. <laughs> so Jane blessed me with the new Bible. Thank you, Jane. Um, so yeah, it's amazing to see what the Lord can do through a simple step, an act of faith, just in the same way that he was probably like, what can I grab? Here's a big old farmer's tool, let's go. Um, But my second point is that it does take faith to step out. It does take faith. Um, But if it's something that God has called you to do, then he will come through and he will provide. Uh, yeah, maybe Shamgar was just over there farming and all of a sudden the Philistines started to attack and he was just like, what do I get? Okay, cool. And he had faith and he just went for it. Um, it took faith. <laughs> yeah, 600. Crazy. It took faith in knowing that God would come through. Uh, it took faith for this Jesse guy from New Jersey to just reach out to those people and just be like, all right, Lord, it's uncomfortable just reaching out to random people and saying, can I pray for you? Um, in the same way that you know, we know the story of Peter walking on the water. It took faith for him to step out. He didn't just simply um, just be like, yeah, that's cool. Like he, well, he did that. He did just hop off and he was like, yeah, cool. He couldn't have just done it without faith. Uh, in the same way that it took Noah faith to build the ark, not having never seen rain before, he was being ridiculed and he was being scoffed at. But it took faith, and, and the Lord came through. And I encourage you guys to read Hebrews 11. It ta- recounts all of these different stories of faith in the Bible and men of faith and women of faith that, that um, God comes through for them. And it's, just, it's a really, really sweet chapter. Definitely encourage you guys to read through Hebrews. But yeah, it's not simply to just have faith, though, but it's also to put in the work. If, Sh- if Shamgar simply sat there with his ox goad farmer's tool thing and was like I can take them all on with this but so he just had the faith but he did, if he didn't put in the action then that wouldn't have been a cool story he'd be like Shamgar died holding an ox goad uh, it wouldn't even be in there <laughs> it says in the book of James we see him exhort to have faith and deeds. You see him telling them, it says in James 2, verses 14 through 18, it says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, 
but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. We must tie our faith with deeds because when we do that, God can do the supernatural. Um. Yeah, and moving on to the third point, and something that I noticed about Shamgar is that this is the only time he is mentioned in the Bible from what I studied or realized. Um, he may have just been the simple farmer guy that became a judge. Uh, it doesn't say much about him. It just says that he saved Israel, that he rescued them, and that he killed 600 people with an ox goad, which is something supernatural that the Lord did. Um, and so who knows how qualified he was but the third point is we don't have to be qualified in the world's eyes to be used by God so often we, we feel like we have to have it all together we have to have all these different qualifications we have to go to do the certain school the system and, and those things are great and they, they, we learn through those things and I encourage you guys to study the Bible through and through and read it for yourself. But so often we can feel so unqualified to do certain things um, and say like, how God, how can you use me? I'm just this guy from England and grew up in Mexico and I don't know. Um, but the fact that he delights in using us is just crazy. It's not dependent on our own abilities. In fact, it is never dependent on, on you um, because we can offer God nothing in reality. We can't really offer Him anything. I think a humble heart is the only thing that we can truly offer God. Um, the acknowledgement that we need Him. And that's why it, worship is such an amazing thing. It's kind of an act of just sacrifice of saying, Lord, I am nothing without You. You are everything. You're just acknowledging God and you're acknowledging your need for Him. Um, it makes me think of a story, or it makes me think of my, my brother-in-law. He, he's a plumber. His name is Dan. Um, and sometimes he has his son, my nephew Asher, uh, help him with plumbing jobs around the house or that our families need. And when, when, when Asher, my, my nephew, is helping out Dan, is it because Asher is super helpful? He's a little, little kid. Is it because he's super helpful? Or is it because Asher has all of these plumbing abilities? Probably not. It's probably not why Dan is having him help him out. Um, it's because Dan is teaching Asher something through allowing him to be a part of the work that Dan is doing. It's not really Asher's work. Asher's just there. It's not really our work. It's not really our ministry or our thing for God. It's God's thing. It's His work. It's what He is doing. And He allows us to be a part of that. It's His from start to finish. And He allows us to be a part of it. Not because He needs us. He created the world without us. And once He created us, we kind of messed it up, to be honest. <laughs> um, he really doesn't need us. Just like Dan doesn't need Asher to help him. 
with plumbing. In fact, Asher probably gets in the way sometimes. And we also get in the way of what God's doing sometimes. But, but because he loves us, it's because Dan is teaching Asher, God is teaching us something through allowing us to be a part of his work. And this is why the Holy Spirit is so important, because God knows that if we do anything in our own strength, we end up messing it up. But he sent his Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us. And that's why he gave us the gifts of the spirits. It's not our own abilities. They are God's gifts. They are God's abilities. We are merely stewards. And we can best steward our gifts if we always acknowledge the giver of those gifts. And so just to go back to the point before we take a moment of silence when I ask you guys a question. Um, yeah, we don't have to be qualified in the world's eyes. It's, we're simply just walking with our father. We're simply walking with our dad. Um, we don't even have to be well known. We don't have to be this big thing. Uh, we're, not trying to, we're not trying to earn anything. Um, in fact, we're not trying to learn how to walk in our gifting from God in order to seek to be well known by man. Our works for God are an outward expression of an inward work. Um, and so, I just want you guys to think about that. What, what has God placed in your life that you can use for his glory? And like in the story of Shamgar, it's, it may not seem exactly the way that you would expect it to be in the same way that, that he used an ox code <laughs> to, to kill all those people, which is kind of brutal, but yeah. Uh, it's, that's, I think, what, what has God placed in your life? And I want you guys to think about that for the next 10 minutes, and then we'll close off um, just with a short story and... Yeah.
There's a story in, or a parable in the, the book of Matthew 25. And it talks about a, a man that's going on a trip. I think he's a farmer. Um, and he gives his possessions to three different guys that work for him. One of the guys he gives five talents, the other guy he gives two talents, and then the other guy he gives one talent. Um, and so he goes off on his trip, and when he comes back, the, the guy that he had five talents to had invested those into a bank. And when he came back, he had got five more. So then he gave his master 10 talents. He, he multiplied them. Same thing for the guy with two talents. Put them in the bank, invested, had four talents. And then with the guy that had one talent, he went to the, or the master came to him and what the guy had done is that he buried, buried the talent in the, in the ground because he was scared of his master. He was scared that he would lose it. He was scared that if he'd put it in the bank and things went wrong or he was scared of his master, he didn't know his master well. So yeah, why did he, why did he do that? He, he did it out of fear. It says that, I, he says to the master, I knew you were a hard master. That's why I did it. His view of his master was that he was harsh and without understanding. He was motivated out of fear, and so he buried his talents. He was so concerned that it wouldn't be perfect that he did, that it, that he did nothing with it. And the master responds with this, if you'd at least invested it in the bank, it could have gained interest. And that his view of his master dictated the way that he lived in the same way that our view of God can dictate how we live. Are we scared? Is he a scary God? Is he a, this um, hard master? Are we motivated by fear? But God's heart is love for us. We're called to have a healthy fear of the Lord, but ultimately God loves us. God cares about us. He is pleased with you. He is already pleased with you. We are not working for him to gain his approval, to increase our worth. Our work does not increase our worth. <laughs> our work does not increase our worth. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> my nephew's work didn't increase his, his dad's work. He was simply learning how to work with him. We're not God's employees. I feel like so many times in the church we can easily think, oh, we're God's employees. He's not asking for hired help. We're his children, we're his son and daughter. We're, we're meant to operate in this, um, in this family together. He's adopted you. And so, yeah, I just want to finish up, encourage you guys to think about that question. How... How, as his son, as his daughter, can I, what can I do with him, for him? Um, don't worry about the size of it, because the servant had the smallest. He had the smallest thing, and he, he buried it. Um, but yeah, I just encourage you guys to think about that. Think about, um, yeah.
a question. But yeah, let's pray. Are you coming up? Oh, amen. Cool, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you so much that you love us and that you care about us um, and you see us in every single situation. I just pray uh, that we would, we would not bury our talents. We would not uh, be operated out of fear of stepping out in faith. That we wouldn't hide, even though even how small sometimes the thing can be. I pray that we would use them for your glory, God. Use us as your hands and feet, Lord. Out of not out of feeling obligated as a, as a um, as hired by you, but simply as your children, out of love for you, may we serve you. We praise you and we worship you. And I think we're going to sing a song. So let's do it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>